0: Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you, and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you.
1: Again, welcome all you guests who came at a time where we're uh, actually kicking off a series called "At the Movies." It's a little different than our normal format, but what what was on our heart to do was to present the gospel in a way much like Jesus did. When Jesus taught, he taught through parables. And parables are are really uh, stories of the day. They're they're stories that he would bring, uh, happenings of the day, or they would look at the the language of the time and illustrations and events that were going on. In fact, one of the most famous would be The Prodigal Son. That would be a great movie, wouldn't it? And so uh, that's how Jesus ministered a lot of times. So we wanted to take that idea and take some movies of the day and really bring out some biblical truths from there. It's not about the movie. It's about the message, amen, and how we can apply biblical truth to it. And so we want to do that in this series. I want to kick that off for you this morning. And let me set up the first one. Today we're going to look at uh, some scenes from the movie Bridge of Spies. I don't know how many of you have seen that. And just, I guess I had to give you a spoiler alert. And uh, I had a lot of people tell me after first service, I'm going to go rent that movie. And I'm like, you already know how it ends. And, uh, but I just want to let you know that we're going to look at some scenes in here that I believe really help us uh, understand the heart of our Heavenly Father. And so, uh, let me set it up for you. It's set in the 1960s. It's during the Cold War. And it's when the United States is in this Cold War Uh, with uh, the Soviet Union. I almost want to ask, how many of you ever heard that term, Soviet Union, right? Right, a lot of us are like, yeah, it's a USSR. But you know, a lot of the younger people are like, huh? So Russians, or whatever. But it's set back in the 60s, during the time where things were really intense, and the threat of nuclear war was there. And so there was the United States sending spies over to Russia, or the Soviet Union, and they were sending spies to the states. And the scene is set around Brooklyn, New York, And there's a man named Rudolf Abels, and he is a Russian spy living as a New Yorker, and he's a painter, and he gets uh, gets caught, if you will, and charged with espionage. And then it's also uh, centered around a lawyer who is tasked with the responsibility to defend him. And the reason is because of our system of laws and our Constitution that everyone is deserving of a fair trial, the problem is this man is guilty and everybody knows it. In fact, everybody in the, in the area and around America are really are hostile towards this spy, Abel, and uh, because of you know the whole threat of nuclear war and what he's doing. And so somebody has to represent him. So the Department of Justice tasks a particular law firm and that law firm tasks a man named James Donovan played by Tom Hanks. And it becomes his responsibility to defend an individual who everybody knows is guilty and the Problem is that really he's going against popular thought, popular ideas, um, the, the the passion of the day, and a conviction for espionage is the death penalty. And so, what was supposed to be an open and shut case turned out to be anything but that. Let's take a look at the first clip.
0: Okay, here's the thing. The Soviet spy they caught, we want you to defend him. Here's the indictment.
2: Wow. Not sure I want to pick that up. The accused doesn't know any lawyers. The federal court tossed it into our lap. The bar committee took a vote. You're the unanimous choice. It
0: was important to us, it's important to our country, Jim, that this man is seen as getting a fair shake. American justice will be on trial. Well, of course, when you put it that way, it's an honor to be asked, but do you? Lynn, I'm an insurance lawyer. I haven't done criminal work in years. It's like riding a bike, isn't it? You distinguish yourself at Nuremberg. I was on the prosecution team. Not the point. You're no stranger to criminal law. The man is publicly reviled. And I will be too. Yes, in more ignorant quarters. But that's exactly why this has to be done. And capably done. It can't look like our justice system tosses people on the ashy. Suppose I did. What's the evidence look like? Pretty overwhelming. Great. Great. Everyone will hate me, but at least I'll lose.
2: It's all about this man and what he represents. He's a threat to all of us, a traitor. Who's a traitor?
0: The Rosenbergs oh, that's were traitors.
1: Side. Who were they? That's your sister's They side. gave
0: atomic secrets to the Russians. They were Americans. They betrayed their country. You can't accuse Abel of being a traitor. He's not an American.
2: Hey. Oh, listen to yourself. You're defending him already. I'm hungry. You're rehearsing it on me. You said you were just thinking about well, it. I am
0: just thinking about it. It's very hard. Everyone deserves a defense. Every person matters.
2: Jim, what do we deserve? Do you know how people will look at us? The family of a man trying to free a traitor?
0: He's not a traitor, Mary. (gasps) Yes,
2: yes, Roger, get that. He's not a traitor, but i about to do all the work.
0: You have been charged with three counts and 19 overt acts, conspiracy to transmit United States defense and atomic secrets to the Soviet Union, conspiracy to gather secrets, and failing to register as a foreign agent. I feel duty-bound to urge you to cooperate with the US government.
3: Well, I said no. Perhaps you could relay to your friends at the CIA that I mentioned. No, 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 no. I,
0: I, I don't work for the agency. I don't work for the government. I am here to offer my services as your legal counsel. If you accept them as such, I work for you. If I accept you. All right. All right, you accept? Yes, all right. Good, okay. Let's start here. If you are firm in your resolve not to cooperate with the U.S. government... I am. Yeah. Then do not talk to anybody else about your case, inside of government or out. Except to me, to the extent that you trust me. I have a mandate to serve you, nobody else does. Quite frankly, everybody else has an interest in sending you to the electric chair. All right. Is this serious? Yes, yes, indeed it is. You can see in the filing.
4: Jim, this man is a Soviet spy. Allegedly. Come on, Counselor. Your Honor. Of course, I salute you. We all salute you for taking on a thankless task. This man has to have due process, but let's not kid each other. He'll receive a capable defense. And God willing, he'll be convicted. Come on, Counselor. Let's not play games
0: with
2: this, not it? C.I.A. Yeah. I just wanted to chat. How's the case going?
0: Case is going great. Couldn't be better. Mm -hmm.
4: Has your guy talked?
2: Excuse me. You met him. Has he talked? Has he said anything yet? We're not having this conversation.
0: No, of course not. No, I mean we really are not having it. You're asking me to violate attorney-client privilege? Oh, come on, Counselor. You know, I you wish know. people like you would quit saying, oh, come on, Counselor. I didn't like it the first time it happened today. A judge said it to me twice, and the more I hear it, the more I don't like it.
1: In, this, in the scenes you saw, what, what I love about it is Donovan, played by Tom Hank, Hanks, once he takes the case, he's all in and no matter who's talking to him, no matter what's going on, popular thought, popular idea, family, whatever that looks like, then he's all in, he's committed to be the advocate, the lawyer, the advocate for this man. And here's the thing about it, remember this man is guilty, and everybody knows it, that's why no one will take the case, and the, and the punishment for his guilt or his crime is the death penalty, and yet here's a man that won't even cooperate with the CIA, if you will, because he believes every person matters. You know, that's a beautiful picture of the Gospels that you and I here on the planet Earth because of sin that came in through one man, the Bible says we're all guilty of sin and the punishment is death. There's payment that needs to be paid and we can't make our payment, but somebody came to make the payment for us. We have an advocate and his name is Jesus. We have someone pleading our case, a lawyer if you will, and his name is Jesus and he is committed to your freedom. No matter what you've done, no matter what people think or what the outcome should be, He's committed to your freedom. He is there to fight for your freedom. Again, a beautiful picture of the gospel. Uh, you know, God, when he looks at us, God knows that we are guilty. In fact, look at Romans 3.23, here's what it says. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Sin entered the world through one man, Adam, the Bible says, and death through sin. In this way, death came to all people because all have sinned. Abel's punishment for his crime is the death penalty, and for you and I, the punishment for our sin is death. And yet, we have an advocate who will stand by our side, who will fight for us and plead our case. Romans 6.23 says this, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Sometimes I think that you and I, just with life and life happening, I think sometimes we can forget the state we were in before Christ. I mean, have you ever thought about it? I mean, we have a good life. We can go on. But the reality is at some point in time, we had a death penalty hanging over our head that we couldn't do anything about. And we needed somebody, Jesus, the only one that could really advocate or help us find our freedom. I think sometimes it would be good for us to to remember how good our God is, what he's brought us out of, that all of us were guilty And the penalty for our sin was death, but yet our advocate, Jesus, came to defend us. Without Jesus, we'd have to pay ourselves for those sins. In fact, we really could not. We can't make the payment for our sin. I like the way the Bible says it in Ephesians 2, 4 through 5, message paraphrase. It's a wonder God didn't lose his temper and do away with the whole lot of us. (laughs) I love that. Instead, now listen to this, immense in mercy and with an incredible love, he embraced us. He took our sin-dead lives and made us alive in Christ. He did all this on his own with no help from us. Amen? Why would he do that? Why would he do that for you and I? It's for the same reason I think that Donovan did that for Abel, because every person matters. You heard him say that around the table with his family, even guilty people matter. And we all know, we all were, many of us are, we feel that way here today, we feel guilty. Your guilt and your shame, you feel that, and you feel perhaps there's no way out, but I want to tell you there is a way out. And you need to know though, that you can't get out of it alone. You need a lawyer. You need an advocate that in the midst of your guilt, no matter what, the overwhelming evidence against us that will stand with us and fight for us, we are all guilty, but we have an advocate to fight for us. An advocate means the one who will plead our case or plead the cause of another, or defend someone. First John two, one says this, New Living Translation, my dear children, I'm writing this to you so that you'll not sin, but if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. Pleading your case and my case before our Heavenly Father. Right now, guilty, but he's pleading our case before the Heavenly Father. What do you do when you're guilty? What do you do when what you've done leaves you no way out? Listen, you can't get out alone. You can't get out of it alone. You need someone who will stand for you, defend you, who will plead your case. Let's take a look at the next clip.
2: of the United States of America versus Rudolph Abel. As to the first count in the indictment, how do you find a defendant? Guilty or not guilty? Guilty. As to the second count? Guilty. As to the third count? Guilty.
0: Your Honor, I make a motion to set aside these guilty verdicts against the weight of evidence.
4: Denied. The jury is discharged. Thank you all. I would like to add that if I were one of you, I would have reached the same verdict.
3: Standing there like that, you remind me of a man who used to come to our house when I was young. My father used to say, watch this man. So I did, every time he came. And never once did he do anything remarkable. And I remind you of him? This one time, I was about the age of your son, our house was overrun by partisan border guards. Dozens of them. My father was beaten, my mother was beaten, and this man, my father's friend, he was beaten. And I watched this man. Every time they hit him, He stood back up again. So they hit him harder. Still he got back to his feet. I think because of this they stopped the beating. They let him live. (laughs) Stoiki muzik. I remember them saying it. Which sort of means like uh, standing man.
1: Standing man. You know, that the courtroom scene that opened with, uh, to me, is really an amazing picture because I believe it's a picture of what Jesus does in heaven for us. It's, He's standing there pleading our case. He's the advocate for us with God, and in the courtroom scene really is a great picture on earth what Jesus does in heaven as our attorney, our advocate. Not only has he fought for our freedom, but he stands or sits, in fact, the Bible says, next to God, pleading our case. He also fights for us every day after day, our daily battles, our daily challenges. He's there advocating on our behalf. Romans 8, 34 through 35 says this, Who then will condemn us? No one, for Christ Jesus died for us, our advocate, and was raised to life for us, and he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us, pleading our case. Anything, can anything, the question is then, separate us, keep him from advocating, keep him from standing at our side. Can anything separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean that he no longer loves us if we're in trouble? Will he leave? No. A calamity, will he leave? No. Will he stop advocating, persecuted, hungry, destitute, danger, threatened, or death? No, he is there. I love the picture in the courtroom standing right beside him. And then I love the story at the end, the standing man. That no matter what, he stood by his side. And I just want to tell you, Jesus is our advocate standing by our side, not just in our salvation experience, but pleading our case with the Father every day, day after day after day, always. In Hebrews 7, it says this in the message, but Jesus' priesthood is permanent. He's there from now to eternity to save everyone who comes to God through him, always, listen to this, always on the job to speak up for them. He's always on the job to speak up to, for you. He's not too busy. He doesn't have other things going on where he doesn't care about what's happening to you. He's always on the job for you. I love that picture of our advocate, Jesus. No matter what you've done right now, he's on the job for you. Last night, he was on the job for you, sitting next to God, speaking on our behalf, pleading our case. Now that's fine if you're pleading for a noble person, but it's another thing when you speak up for someone who is guilty. No matter what, and that comes at a high price. There's obviously many clips I could have added, but there's a high price for Donovan that he pays in this movie to be the advocate for a guilty man. His family is threatened, his livelihood is threatened, he's persecuted, a lot of things happen to him. I think it's important for us to remember what God did for you and I. He gave his son perfect and holy to step in and take punishment for the crimes we have committed. And there's a high cost for the one who steps in and stands beside us and speaks on our behalf, speaks on behalf of the one who is guilty. Why would God do that? And the most famous verse in the Bible it really answers that question, John 3, 16. It's because every person matters. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Why did God do that? Because every person matters to God. He loved you so much that he sent his son not just to lay down his life, his career, his agenda if you will. Jesus gave it all for you and I to stand beside us. No one has ever loved you that much. No one ever can other than Jesus. In fact, Isaiah 53 says this, he was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took our pain and bore our suffering. I would think of the story of the standing man he got knocked down, he got back up. He got knocked down. You remind me, because you're not quitting, you're not giving up. Jesus, and paying the price, when fighting on our behalf, uh, the Bible says, you see, the pain and the suffering. And another scripture says that he was crushed, but he got back up again. He, he felt it knocked, knocked down for torture and punishment, but he got back up again. He kept, getting, he kept getting, Jesus kept getting back up for you and I to stand beside us because he is committed as our advocate, even though we're guilty, even though we're guilty. Once Abel saw and experienced how Donovan was standing up from Abel's heart softened, it reminded him of a time when someone took a stand. Let's look at this next clip.
0: Sir, I think it could be considered in the best
4: interests of the United States that Abel remain alive. Why? I'm not saying I made up my mind, but if he was gonna cooperate, work with the government, he would have done it already. True, but the issue here- Excuse me. You can't say it's in the best interest of the United States that he spend the rest of his days in a prison cell. How is this the national interest? Not the
0: incarceration itself, sir. It is possible that in the foreseeable future, an American of equivalent rank might be captured by Soviet Russia. We might want to have someone to trade.
4: Wow, that sounds like spinning what ifs. You could do that till the cows come home. It's my business,
0: what ifs. I'm in insurance, and there's nothing implausible about this one. It's entirely in the realm of what could happen. It's the kind of probability that people buy insurance for. If we send this guy to his death, we leave ourselves wide open. No policy in our back pocket. For the day the storm comes.
4: Nice speech. All rise. The United States District Court for the Eastern District of New York is now in session. The Honorable Mortimer Byers presiding. Be seated. defendant will please rise. In the measured judgment of this court, the following sentence based upon the jury's verdict of guilty as to each count of the indictment is believed to meet the test which has been stated. Pursuant to the verdict of guilty as to all counts The defendant is committed to the custody of the Attorney General of the United States for imprisonment in a federal institution to be selected by him for a period of 30 years. Marshals, you may take the defendant into custody.
0: No no electrocution? No, No. No.
1: Abel is still convicted of his crime, he's still guilty, but now the death sentence has been lifted off of him. And as Donovan continues to stand by him, you see the hostility that everyone had towards the guilty person and now obviously towards him, but yet he still stood by his side. And what's interesting to me in this, as the movie hits this place, it's no longer talking about the guilty man who's been spared death, But as you heard him speak to the judge in his room, it was now about using a man's life or his freedom to free somebody else. Using the life of someone who had been freed to free somebody else. So somebody else could find freedom. Uh, What was gonna happen here is that there's an American pilot named Francis Gary Powers who's flying a U-2 spy plane, 70,000 feet over uh, Russia, and he gets shot down, which wasn't supposed to be able to to happen. He gets shot down, and he didn't do what he was supposed to do. As a pilot, he was supposed to go down with the plane, because it was a secret mission. And then if he somehow managed to survive, he was supposed to take out something that they give him to uh, poke himself or scratch his skin where he would die instantly. He didn't do that. He was captured by the Soviets and put on trial for spying and for espionage. And so now then here, the story changes from here, and I love it, it makes the shift where before it was about one man's freedom or the death penalty being removed and one man's freedom, now it's using that one man's freedom to leverage for freedom of the lives of other people. And that, that's that's the story here, and and, and so now there's a, a change, and again from now from Donovan helping Abel find freedom. Now Donovan is thinking about the American pilot who needs to be set free. Now he's thinking about other people that need to be set free, and he'll need Abel to pull it off. See, the whole movie shifts, and so now Abel's life will be used to help another person find freedom. I love the story because that's our story. That's your and my story. God sent Jesus to be our attorney, our advocate, to plead our case, to fight for us, so we can find freedom from our guilt. But now that we're free, he needs us to help set others free. He wants to use our lives to leverage on behalf of other people's freedom. That's our story. So God saves people to serve and save people. Why? Because every person matters. See, the whole focus of our life before Jesus is how he wants to remove our guilt, and our shame, our sin, and set us free, but after that happens, the whole focus of our life is now on others. See, here's why, freed people, free people. Freed people, free people, that's what we do. And so once again, Donovan risks everything to go to Berlin to negotiate this exchange for Abel, for Powers, for the American pilot. But at the same time, there's an American student, unbeknownst to Donovan, who finds himself on the wrong side of the wall between East and West Berlin. Let's take a look.
2: Seems pretty clear that the Soviets are making an overture here. They're doing it through East Germany because they still don't want to acknowledge Abel as a Soviet citizen, much less Soviet spy. So, a lot of fiction going on. Yes, sir, but to what end? They've got our guy, our spy pilot, They've got their guy. Prisoner Exchange. I think that's what they're after. Which could hardly be a surprise to you, Counselor. It's an eventuality that I think you foresaw. Yes, I sure did. And I'm so rarely right. (laughs) Well, congratulations. Red Letter Day. Now, we have our man over there. Powers. Good man. But with a head full of classified information. Abel has a head full of classified information, too, but he hasn't given us a lick. And sir, take it from me. You won't. Yes, we know that, but the Russians don't. They want their man back before he cracks. And we want Powers back for the same reasons. I think you are saying, sir, that there might be a happy
0: ending for everyone. Yeah, they might try to throw you a curveball. Try and get you to accept another
1: prisoner other than Powers. Another American? The uh, East German Stasi picked up an American student, Frederick Pryor. Uh, The kid they found on the wrong side of the wall. He's a grad student out of Yale, came over here to study economics. So, they're making noises about trying this kid for espionage, grave offense, capital crime. Well, Vogel got in touch with us, said he represents Pryor.
0: Wait Wait a minute, Vogel represents Mrs. Abel and this this
1: kid? He's busy, the point, is that the East German agenda and the Russian agenda may not be the same thing. Try and figure it out and act accordingly and try to make a deal.
2: Powers for Abel. Well, what about this college kid, Pryor? Mm -mm. Don't fall for that. We can get him out another time. Powers is the whole ball game. So the Russians are fine
0: with the exchange. But now Vogel is saying that the East Germans won't do it. We're not going to get Pryor.
2: Great, good. So the Soviets are set, we get Powers. We get powers. Well done.
0: No, the East Germans won't do
2: it. We won't get Pryor. And look,
0: that kid matters. Every person
2: matters. sure. That's why you tried. That's why why you tried. Abel's on his way, so we're all set for tomorrow morning. Wait a minute. Makes things simple.
0: We are not getting the kid.
2: Yeah, I understand. We're set. We can ignore the message we got this morning. There's no deal for Abel unless we get powers and Pryor.
0: Do you understand? Yes, sir. It's arranged for tomorrow morning. It will not happen unless we get two men. Those two men. Two, two, two. Yes sir. yes, sir. If there is no deal, your boss must tell the Soviets. He has to tell the Soviets that they are not getting Rudolf
2: Abel. Yes, sir. For one. Hot dog.
1: (laughs) I love his persistence. He's not listening to other people, what they say. He is determined to rescue, save as many people as he can. And I believe that's a picture of the heart of God. As long as there's somebody that needs saving, he's going to work to save them. The advocate is here so that all can come to the knowledge of God. Amen. And so he's working persistently, no matter what, through great obstacles, to save as many people as possible. I love that picture, the heart, the persistence, and he gave up everything. He gave up, Donovan gave up his career, his family, his agenda, his personal convenience to do whatever it would take to rescue people who needed to be set free, and there's people that need to be set free. I know there's still, and this story is about a a prisoner of war as well, I I know there really are prisoners of war in the world today, and we need to be constantly thinking about them, praying for them, but I know there's prisoners spiritually as well. And they're not halfway across the world, they're right here in our own communities, our backyard. I know there's people that are spiritually imprisoned here in New Braunfels and San Marcos and Seguin and San Antonio and Siblo Shirts and Canyon Lake and all around us, the surrounding area. There's people who are trapped in addiction, depression, failed relationships, poverty, guilt, shame. And I, and I think about the people who don't know the hope of eternal life that comes through Jesus Christ, the advocate, and every single one of them matters to God. And now that you've been set free or I've been set free for those that have, every single one of them needs to matter to us. See, our mission is to help find the same freedom for them that we've received for ourselves. See, John 3.16, as we already mentioned, is all about our salvation, but listen to what 1 John 3.16 has to say. Here's what it says. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Our lives, once we find our freedom, should be used, should be leveraged in a way that we help others find their freedom. Why? Because freed people free people. I think one of the greatest questions then we can ask ourselves, need to ask ourselves, is what will I give back to God for the gift of life that he's given to me? I think we need to ask ourselves, what is my reasonable response for my freedom, having received my freedom? And I think this story answers the question, not only does Donovan do everything he can to help another prisoner be released, but Abel, the Soviet spy, spared from death, would willingly offer his life in exchange for a prisoner. It's the gift he would give back. Let's take a look. Есть ради пятно? Да.
3: Где? Правая грудь.
2: Take off the hat. Hey Powers. Hey Murph. Yeah, that's power.
0: All right, Mr. Donovan. We're going now. Hang on.
4: Believe me, I will tell you. There's no one here.
0: They're releasing another man at Checkpoint Charlie, just confirming that he's there.
2: Now. As per plan, if you please. Let's go. Pryor will show up or he won't. Let's go.
0: They're waiting to see if we'll do it without him. We just have to stand here, show them we won't.
4: Go ahead, sir. You can go. If it is not to plan, we go home.
3: We exchange now or we go home. We're waiting for another man? Yep. You want him too?
4: I want him. Doesn't matter what he wants, sir. I'm in charge and you are free to go. Please go. Walk across.
3: Stoiki muzik. I can wait.
4: Something, I'm not sure yet.
1: Hang on!
3: I sent you a gift Jim it's a it's a painting I hope it has some meaning to you
0: I'm sorry I didn't think to get you a gift
3: this is your gift
1: I love the picture that the advocate, the lawyer, Jim Donovan, would do anything he can to fight for the freedom of people. That's our advocate. And that's why he fought and gave his life, and that's why he still makes intercession on our behalf. And then I love uh, a, a Rudolph Abels, how he had an opportunity to make a decision for himself, and yet he stood there next to the standing man so that his life could be leveraged for freedom for other people. And I just want you to know that's the God that we serve, and that's the advocate that we have, Jesus, who, who fights for freedom every single day. And for those of us that fri- find and receive that free gift, as you heard the exchange at the end, then our gift back is leveraging our lives so other people can receive their freedom from Jesus Christ. You know, as the story goes on, as it finishes out, and just because I've already spoiled the movie for you, I'm gonna go ahead and go to the end a little bit here further. Yeah. I I stopped the last scene, if it would continue, you'd see a a scene of young boys climbing a fence or running through yards of climbing a fence. When Jim Donovan's traveling between East and West Berlin, he's on the train and he sees some young people trying to escape East Germany over the wall and get shot and killed. And it's a a flashback, if you will, to that scene and he's reminded how many people are still in prison or captive that don't have freedom. And when it goes on to say, it goes on to tell you that Jim Donovan then, at that moment, you can see it kind of on him, in that moment, he knows what his call, mission is to do, and he still fights for freedom for other people. So it says that almost 10,000 people find their freedom because of the work of the advocate, the lawyer, Jim Donovan. He gives his life to free the lives of other people. And I think it's such a beautiful message of the gospel, the love of the Father sending his son to fight for us, to be our advocates, to be the standing man through it all, no matter what. He's there all the time. And fighting for our freedom. And so it really does ask for a response, it really does. And we, we saw this picture of what God's all about, his relentless pursuit of people and freedom, and how every person matters to God. And the life that Abel, is, he, after he found his freedom, how he used it to help others, people find their freedom. So I think there's only two, respon- two possible responses for us today. If you've already experienced your freedom that comes from knowing Jesus Christ, I think it's important to renew our commitment, to be reminded that we need to do everything we can to help God reach more people who are in bondage like we were. It's easy for us to forget that we once were in bondage and what it was like to be trapped facing a death penalty and needing somebody to fight for our release. That's our response to leverage our life on behalf of others. Isaiah 61 says it this way, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed, amen. Secondly, the other possible response, perhaps you're here today and you feel like you're a prisoner, you feel like you're trapped by the things that you carry in life, guilt and shame. That you're imprisoned in some of the things that we talked about in pain and hurt and depression, addictions. And you need to know that Jesus fought for your release. He's your advocate, he's your attorney, he's your standing man. And he's pleading for your life today, and he won't stop. Today is the day for you to experience real freedom. This is your moment. I believe there's a divine exchange today that take place, that give your life to the life of the advocate as he's fought for your freedom. So God created this whole experience today so that you could find freedom through his son Jesus. So do you stay in prison or do you surrender to the one who's fighting for your release? Because Jesus gave his life so you could live free. That's the question today. We hope that you enjoyed this message.